You ever wondered if you've committed the unforgivable sin? Today, we're gonna to discuss what that is, what that looks like, because as worried as some people might be, you probably haven't done it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name's Ethan. I'm Derry. We got Derry over Zoom, and yes, today mm-hmm. we're gonna be talking about the unforgivable No, you're over sin. Zoom. I am still in Hawaii. I'm not over Zoom, you're over Zoom. <laughs> There you got to go home early for the holidays, so we're uh, having to do this over Zoom. My friend's getting is... married. Oh yeah, congratulations! Um, but yeah, so we're the things we don't hear in church podcast. We talk about the gray areas of the Christian faith. Welcome back if you're returning. If you're just showing up, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking us out. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, our mission is to talk about the areas of Christianity that kind of get neglected and bring hope and clarity to questions that you yep. guys have. Oh, uh, yep. this question today, we're going to be tackling the unforgivable, unforgivable sin. Have I committed it? Am I unredeemable? Am I going to hell? Oh no. What yep. do I do? Life in crisis. Yep. Uh, we're going to be touching on that. How to deal with all that guilt and, and possible fear around the topic. What's that? How to deal with all the guilt and fear around that topic as well. Yeah. I got my Michigan yeah. hat on. This is the first recording we're doing. This is going to be two weeks after Michigan beat OSU. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But uh, for us, it's like a couple days after so first time in like 10 or 11 years so yeah that's the biggest news that happened what's the second biggest news that happened? <laughs> no i got engaged that's also Woo! super exciting um yeah, yeah yes, so but, but also exciting it's first most exciting news in my life right now <laughs> i got engaged yeah congratulations um, dude yeah Derek got to be there film it with his super zoom camera that he has yeah that's pretty cool i enjoyed it bro yeah I made some coffee. You guys ever use a mocha pot? You can't answer that because you're not a live audience, but I know Derry has not. <laughs> drop in the chat. Pot. Yeah, drop, drop us in the, the chat, chat that's not there. <laughs> I got impatient with it, so I turned. it was not boiling my water fast enough, so I just turned it off halfway through because I we mm. had to get set up for this, the show. I have like that much coffee. It's a really Whoa, strong dang. amount. It's really strong. It's like the closest wow. to espresso you can get without espresso, but. I'm actually drinking this sparkling water that my parents had at their house but it's caffeinated and i've never had caffeinated sparkling water before so it's pretty good it's not bad that sounds way better than my drink i feel like a just a bitterness in my mouth <laughs> that's, that's dirty. great nice yeah, so, so i know as we okay. sort of started like we have friends who have dealt with like guilt and shame over this before and like people who thought like they weren't saved like they're still doing christian ministry and still trying to follow god but they just accepted that like oh like I'm not saved anymore because I've committed the sin. So I might as well try to get as many people as I can like saved in my lifetime, even though I'm not going to heaven. Like there've been a lot mm. of people who've had that mentality and we've actually known people like themselves who have thought that way for a long time until they read the Bible a little closer and like yeah. were freed from that. Uh, but it's something that like plagues a lot of people. I think anything, any standard that's like, if you pass this, you're never going to be forgiven. It's going to be scary for anybody, right? No matter who you are, like a line like that, that you could transgress is a big deal. Cause that's like a, once you pass this line, like you're never going back. Right. So it's a big thing uh, to worry about, to talk about. So that's why I wanted to get into it today. Right. And so where does this, where does this idea come from? Um, if you don't have the verse reference pulled up immediately, I do, but no, I do. yeah, where does this yeah. come from? This idea of unforgivable. Yeah, sin. so it's in both Mark and Matthew, but the main place uh, people usually quote from is Matthew 12, 23 through 25. And it says, mm-hmm. all the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? 
But the Pharisees heard this. They said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this uh, fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Right? So the context is Jesus, and he's talking to the Pharisees specifically, right? It's not a group of believers that he's talking to. He's specifically responding to a question the Pharisees have asked him. And so he's talking to people who don't believe in him already, that he's the son of God. Um, and he's responding to them, um, or they're responding to him and saying, you are Beelzebub, right? And then right after this part is where they talk about the unforgivable sin. You want to read that part? Yes, I do. Um, which, which, uh, sorry, which verse did you leave off on? I was uh, doing something on my 25. Over here. You left off okay, on 25. All, all right. Yeah. So starting at 26, uh, it says, and if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I mm-hmm. cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man? Mm-hmm. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever yeah, and here's where we get into it. Me, yeah. Whoever is yeah. not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. Mm. Mm. Pretty crazy. Some spicy, spicy verses there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think so people... we should talk about some of the misconceptions. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, I think we should talk about some of the misconceptions. People have thought about it, um, thought that it is in the past, right? Because I think the main thing that I always hear when I talk to people about the unforgivable sin, or they're talking to me about it, or they're worried about it, um, is usually suicide. Like for some reason, like suicide is the first thing that enters people's heads when they think of like something that could not be forgiven. And so I know a lot of people actually who believe that the unforgivable sin is suicide. Oh, but wow. simply the Bible just doesn't say that, right? There's nothing about suicide in this chapter um, or these lots of verses. So it's not suicide. We've had a whole episode yeah. on suicide if you want to, uh, and if it can be forgiven and stuff like that, if you want to read or watch that episode. Um, like right here. Yeah, but it's super interesting. I think we can get a lot of clarity by just reading the context of these verses. And it brings a lot of light and clarity to what it actually means to commit the unforgivable sin. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I haven't heard that people thought it was suicide. That does kind of make sense to me. I know people have thought that like, oh, if I commit suicide, do I go to hell? Which I guess would be the unforgivable Mm -hmm. sin if that's how they word it. But a lot of people get caught up on this idea of speaking against the Holy Spirit, right? And the people that I've talked mm-hmm. to get really caught up on that idea of like, oh my gosh, have I got, have I blasphemed the Holy Spirit because right. I made a joke about tongues or I did this or I did this, right? Now, you right. shouldn't make jokes about the gifts of the Spirit because they're from God and they're holy, and but they're forgivable, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, in context, what's happening here is Jesus is freeing someone from a man who's demon possessed, right? Mm-hmm. A demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him and he healed him. And the man spoke and saw. Yeah. Then we go down a couple of verses and say, right. And Jesus is being accused of casting out demons by the spirit of Beelzebul, which just is a, a cultural uh, first century Jewish term to say Satan. Right. Right. Um, and so when 
the, with the Pharisees, the religious leaders who are supposed to follow, lead people or lead Israel, God's people into God's presence. They're supposed to be the mm-hmm. people who are like the most religiously responsible. Right. And they're yeah. saying that, oh, he's doing this by the power of demons. So you have mm-hmm. God freeing people from demonic oppression, being accused of doing it by demonic mm-hmm. power. And then Jesus says that that's the blasphemy of the, of the Holy Spirit is when you mm-hmm. are calling God's power demonic and knowingly leading people away from him. Yeah. And you got to notice the context of who the people are that are committing this sin, right? It's people that have seen all of his miracles, have Mm. witnessed all of his teachings, and still actively choose to reject belief that this is the son of God, the Messiah, right? And then even farther beyond that, even beyond the unbelief part. So already we've established these people don't believe. They're not Christians. They're intentionally rejecting God, right? They're intentionally unrepentant of their sin right? And then on top of that, they're now calling the things that are of God of Satan, right? So on top of the unbelief, they're now attributing um, all of the acts of God through the Holy Spirit to be a Beelzebub or above Satan or of evil, right? Yeah. And so it's yeah. all these things put together. And I think once we read it in context like this, it solves a lot of the problems for us, right? Like I don't have to worry first off about committing this and not knowing about it, right? Because the context of this verse are people who are willingly, like blatantly calling uh, the yeah. things that Jesus is doing um, of the devil. And and first off, if you hear that and you think, oh, like, well, what if I could do that as a Christian? Like I could, I could accidentally like say like a miracle that I saw wasn't a miracle or something. And I could even say maybe it was witchcraft because mm-hmm. it seemed like a little suspicious. First off, these aren't Christians that are not sure about a work of God. These are people who are blatantly rejecting the person of Jesus Christ on earth and uh, like combined with calling what Christ did um, of the devil, right? Which is also taking the Lord's name in vain, which is really interesting. Um, Hmm. And so I would say that for you, if you're a Christian, like you absolutely, in my opinion, could never commit the unforgivable sin um, because it's not the context of this verse. These aren't Christians that are committing the sin. The only context we ever have of this being committed is by unbelievers, right? Very, very interesting. Um, I think another thing that you have to do if you're reading verses like this is you have to read it in the context of all of scripture. It's something we talk about all the time, right? And throughout the rest of scripture, over and over and over, it's about how humans can't do it. We're never good enough. And even the worst of sinners, Jesus um, brought into Christianity, right? And forgave them of their sins when they believed, you know? And so over and over and over in the Bible, it says anything you do can be forgiven. If you confess anything, it can be forgiven, right? Anything you bring to the Lord, it'll be forgiven. If you knock at his door, he will open, right? All of these kind of things, right? There's never like conditions on it. It's always just belief and faith and confession of your sin and you're saved, right? There's never like a, Mm -hmm. but this thing or but this thing or this thing. For Christians, when it's talking about a pathway to salvation, it's always like a free and open door if you believe, right? And so there's never like conditions put on, christians for ways to lose your salvation or you're not going to be forgiven anymore right and so it seems like in context of this passage that this unforgivable sin is for unbelievers and it's almost like a it's almost like a if you can't repent right like if you're if you're so far gone that you've seen clearly the things that god is doing in this world you absolutely know that this is god and still choose to reject him and then call him uh like satan himself and say the things that he's doing are of satan 
then you're so far gone, you're never going to repent of those things anyway. So there's no hope for you to ever even be forgiven or even try to claim like that forgiveness and repentance because you're never going to do it. And God can't forgive someone who's not repentant. So that's a little bit of an inference on my part, I think. But I think it's a it's an interesting thought um, experiment we can do um, with that kind of situation. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing you got to notice, right, is that the Pharisees were not following Jesus. And like you said, they weren't Christians. Mm-hmm. And you said if a Christian thinks he's accidentally done this thing, this is not mm-hmm. an accidental thing. You can't accidentally mm-hmm. fall away from God, you know, or and if you can accidentally fall away from God, then we have to sort of question the strength of God's salvation, you know, which is, yeah. you don't want to do that. Uh, right. So a Christian doesn't accidentally fall away from God. And so if you're questioning, like, have I done this? You haven't, because if you had, it would have been a knowledgeable, intentional act to right. say, I reject God. And I, not right. only am I just going to reject him and say, I don't believe in him, but I'm going to say it's demonic. And he, that the power of God is demonic. So you see God, you believe in God and you say it's evil. That is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it says, that's, what's not going to be forgiven. Yeah. You know, and, and just for, and, and how I look at this is like, as a Christian, I, I don't worry like, oh my gosh, am I going to accidentally do this? But it does show me the reality of how seriously God takes calling his work demonic, yeah. which has been a huge reason that like I've calmed down and how much I mm. like will talk Call negatively. Stuff for being demonic. Yeah. Or like, yeah. like I used to see a bunch of charismatic stuff that was like questionable and I'd be like, right. oh, it's not God. That's demonic. And then I read this verse yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like if, if I'm wrong, I'm in a, I'm in like against God in a very bad way and not in a way that loses yeah. my salvation, right. but in a way that's right. like, good distinction. God, yeah. God's going to be like, Hey, yeah. you cannot do this. You cannot right. see my work and call it demonic. Now, if they're like right. doing seances and channeling demons and saying it's God, I'm like, no, that's actually demonic, you know? Mm. Um, and that would not be a hard thing to point out, but when right. it comes to things that just make us, which the Bible also asks us to point it, out, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to call yeah. out evil. Yeah. Ephesians five. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So when it comes to things that like are questionable, just make me look on un- that just make me feel uncomfortable. I would say we have to be slower to say it's demonic and quicker to say, Hey, let's, this is interesting. Let's look into it. Maybe there's some scripture that can clear it up and give us some guiding thoughts on it. Right. But yeah, I don't think you need to like so quickly say it's demonic. Yeah. Did you have any interesting experiences growing up in what you thought it was or how it was explained to you? Was it confusing for you growing up, right? Did you not really read it until you were older? Um, I knew about it and I always, yeah, when, when I was growing up, I was kind of like, oh no, what does this mean? And then mm-hmm. someone said to me, if you're worried that you committed it, you haven't. And right. that kind of like gave me a big breath of fresh air. So mm-hmm. from then on, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of confused about it, but because I'm worried about it or like, I'm not like, I'm not um, dismissive about it. That means mm-hmm. that I haven't done it. So I was kind of like, I can be confused about this with the confidence that I haven't done it. And, mm-hmm. you know, to go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I never had a big crisis moment where I thought I committed it. Did mm-hmm. you? Cool. Um, no, I never thought that I had, well, uh, actually really funny uh story that I don't think I've ever told anybody this actually really interesting I was like I was really young I think I was like nine or ten or something like that and like I loved playing this uh 
Pokemon game on the Game Boy, right? That and I remember like one time I lost, like when I hadn't saved in a while or something like that. And I like lost like half my money, but I had been, I spent like, like a hundred hours like on this and I lost like all this like stuff like money that I had like accumulated because like the more money you had in the game or something in the, like, game. the farther along you were in it and then if you lost you lost like a lot more money the farther along you were I don't really remember I just remember losing it and thinking like wow like at the time I mean, when your life is like so like short anyway like if you only live nine years like spending that much time on a game is like so much of your life right and so I lost mm-hmm. all that I was like oh my gosh like this I've never lost something this big before and I remember like thinking like god like why would this happen to me um and for some reason I like had thought and that might have been it like when I was like thinking about like things I could have done that could have been unforgivable sin when I was that young I was like wait what did you do that made you think it did you like get mad at god yeah I was mad at god for that and I was like maybe like that time like I got mad at god like that could have been like the unforgivable sin or something did you say anything to god when you were upset yeah yeah um I I was I was I was zoning out for a bit Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just mad at him. And I was just like, like saying like, why did this happen to me? Like, why did you do this? Why? And like getting getting really mad at him and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, and so in junior high or high school, or whenever I heard first about this verse, when it was preached on um, in my youth group, I was thinking, oh, like, maybe it, like this, like getting mad at God, like is, is not unforgivable sin. Maybe I have committed it, but I wasn't like super worried about it. I was uncomfortable mm-hmm. a little bit during the sermon, but like, as the, as my pastor was explaining it, shout out Riz. Um, I was like, okay, like this kind of makes sense. And at the end of the sermon, it was kind of over my head at the time. Cause I was so young. Um, but at the time I remember he just said at the end, like, if you're worried about committing it, you can just know, like, if you're worried about it, you haven't done it. Like, that's like the main thing he wanted to get across, right? The same yeah. thing that you kind of heard. And I thought, yeah. okay, like that's reassuring. But in my mind, I was still kind of like intellectual enough to think I want to accept that because in my heart, that feels good, but I don't know why that's true. Right. Because like, I have this thing over here in the Bible that I don't understand. Then and I'm like too young to really understand like your explanation for what it is or whatever, yeah. for whatever reason, I didn't get it. But like you saying that, like, I don't need to worry about it is good, but I also want to know, but I wasn't uh, interested enough at the time to like really pursue mm-hmm. it. So I just took the, like the easy emotional answer and I was like, oh, I guess I don't have to worry about it because I love God and that's fine, which I think is okay at that age. But yeah, when you look into it later, you realize like, oh yeah, like if you're a Christian, if you believe in God and you're not like blatantly like saying to his face, you are God, I don't believe in you. You're of the devil. Like you're pretty good. Yeah, if you're at that place anyway, you're not worried about losing your salvation because you're not saved. You're not a believer. And so if you're ever saved, there's literally no worry for you ever. Like you taking away your own salvation, if that's possible, would be like the only worry you'd have because you couldn't commit this sin inside of being a Christian anyway. You can only do it outside of being a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like the big thing, right? Like you don't, if you're a Christian, you haven't committed it. You wouldn't know if you committed it. it if you stopped being Christian, but like Dan yeah. said, if that's possible, we have yet to do an episode on the, is it possible to lose your salvation? Because yeah, I consistently go back and forth on what I think about that. And I have never yeah. had a solid answer. <laughs> yeah. If you, um, if going, going back to the unforgivable sin, if you look at examples of people's lives in the Bible that God saves, you have the worst kind of people, right? Just look at like Paul's life. His whole life is a testimony of the kind of person that can be saved, right? Someone who was blatantly against God, who hated God. Like if you think, if you think well, that the unforgivable sin is- He hated is, Christians. 
Sure. He's so. a Jew. If he you thought he loved that, God. If you think that the unforgivable sin is even like blaspheming Jesus, right? It's not because the Bible doesn't say that because Paul did those very things. I think there's a, a few verses about that. I don't know if I well, wrote I don't know if down. he blasphemed Jesus. He just went to kill no. Christians. You could call that, but um, maybe Paul says it himself. Matthew, like Matthew 12. Let me look at Matthew 12, 33. That was the verse that I wrote down. Um, sorry, 32. Oh, fine. Matthew 12, 32. You're already there? Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my computer's not loading. Yeah. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not yeah. be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. There you go. And so it's not, spe- not even speaking against Christ, right? Because Paul did that. Paul was avidly against Christ and against Christ being the Messiah and he hated all the Christians and he was actively persecuting them and killing them or ordering people to kill them. Right. Yeah. And so you even see a sinner like Paul, who's like doing the most harm against the church. Kind of like a terrorist. Yeah. And he's even forgiven and Christ mm-hmm. accepts his uh, repentance and forgiveness and beckons him into the kingdom. Right. And so yeah. he had, Paul didn't blaspheme the Holy spirit. Um, and Paul, um, like was personally Christians, but he was forgiven of everything that he had done. So I would say have relief. Like if you're thinking like, oh, I've done something, like even yeah. with this explanation is good, but I still like kind of have this guilt of like things that I've like that I've done. You're completely forgiven. God's forgiven you. He forgave everybody in the Bible that confessed yeah. um to him and want to be with him. He can forgive you. And then the main thing the enemy wants to do to you is to try to get you to act like you're not forgiven, right? When you are forgiven. Like yeah. Uh, I forget like that famous quote, but that's a quote from some famous preacher, like the devil knows he lost and he, his best strategy would be to get you to act like he won, even though he Mm. did lose. Right. Yeah. And something to think about in this idea of the unforgivable sin and the blasphemy of the Holy spirit is to remember what Paul said in Romans eight. He said, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. Right. So as far as Paul's concerned, he's like, look, you're locked in, you know, Mm -hmm. now as like I said about the whole idea, like we haven't talked about, can you lose your salvation? Because I have a question about why all of Hebrews would be written, but the idea is (sighs) nothing can separate you for, from God. Like you're not going to like you don't accidentally lose your salvation. You're not going to slip up one day and be like, oops, I'm not a Christian. No, if you were a Christian at one point and it seems at the end of your life that you weren't a Christian, then the, the, the thing that people might question is like, oh, were you ever a Christian? Then maybe, maybe you were deceived yourself. Um, But by by and large, you're like, you're so safe in Jesus's salvation and please live with the freedom that you have not committed the unforgivable sin. Now, I do yeah. want to touch on one thing, though, that is really interesting, um, mm-hmm. also found in Matthew. And this does seem, so, this is also saying something about this is what will prohibit you from being forgiven. So it's mm-hmm. a big deal. It kind of touches the same subject. Uh, right after, it's in Matthew 6, if you if you wanted to look that up. If you're forgiveness? What's that? I'm taking a guess. Is it forgiveness? Or yeah, it's about people? forgiveness. But uh, yeah, um, it's right after the Lord's Prayer, right? Yeah. And it's verses 14 and 15. Jesus says, for if you forgive others... For their transgressions your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others then your father will not forgive your trans- transgressions so something that seems that this seems to be saying is that if you cannot get to a place of forgiving people then it looks like 
God is not able to forgive the individual. Now, I would say that that it needs more, more conversation because perhaps the mm-hmm. reason that the person isn't forgiving the other person is because they haven't, maybe like, it's not that you have to forgive in order to be forgiven, but maybe they're not forgiving the individuals because they're not receiving the forgiveness of Christ. So it's not empowering them. Right. Uh, yeah. I did a study on this a couple of weeks ago um, and I forget all of the answers that I cited about it, but I don't think that that's what the verse is saying. Uh, but I don't hmm. remember the exact like exegesis that I did on it back then to remember yeah. the answer. So it'd be for another podcast, I think to, yeah. to solve that one. But yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one where it's all, but for me, at least again, it just tells like, Hey, like we have to be people of forgiveness. Yeah. And like, I, even before that, like, you had, like as Christians, you know, Jesus forgave your sins. We have no right to hold anything against anyone. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, a, it's a toughie. Yeah. Steel man, that argument. And then not. Have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. So hopefully you have anything else to say about this before we close? Um, not necessarily. I just want to encourage people that, you know, if you thought you'd done unforgivable sin, you haven't probably, unless you actively hate God, then you definitely haven't. Yeah. If you actively hate God, you probably have, but that's a Christian. You definitely haven't. Yeah. No, if you're a Christian, you're good. Yeah. Yep. Um, So you can be at ease. You haven't committed it. You can have literally zero anxiety about this topic. These people in the Bible, the Pharisees, were actively blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? Against God, mm. calling what he was doing of Satan. You're not doing that, hopefully, if you're a Christian, you definitely aren't. Um, these people were not saved, didn't believe in God. If you believe in God, you are saved. You cannot commit this sin. You can have complete mm. ease of conscience and all these kind of things for if you have committed the sin. And you can now easily, hopefully, explain this to anybody else who asks about it and has anxiety about it. I know as like kids, especially like topics about hell and things that can never be forgiven can cause kids tons of anxiety um, just because they worry and think about these things a lot. So explain it to kids around you at your church, at your group, if you're a youth leader, pass it along, just let kids know. Yeah. So you bring yeah. some, some reassurance to them. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for you guys. Yeah, that's all I got. This is a fun first uh, Zoom episode where right? we're on. Yeah. Yeah. Come back again. We're going to be talking about uh, gluttony at some point, uh, mm-hmm. how you can find your calling, yep. and another topic that we have yet to decide on. But we got good shows coming up for you guys this yeah. over Zoom, the holiday season. Hope you guys are yep. enjoying your time with family, off of work. If you're in the cold, more power to you. Yeah, it. here here it's like 30 at night and like 70 during the day. So it's pretty nice. Here it's it. like 78 at night in the day and like 72 at night. Yep. Welcome it's 85 home. sometimes. I don't know. This week's going to be really stormy. Oh, I mean, it was 85 when I left. Mm. So I say that. Classic. Yep. yep. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We love you and we hope you have a great week. See you next week. Or See you guys. maybe you'll hear us next week. Or you'll hear yeah. All right, bye guys.